Hey everyone, welcome to Artifice episode four. Today you'll hear my interview with video game designer and animator Scott Stoddard. Scott began his career animating video games for Disney. He later helped create the groundbreaking Infinity Blade series, and currently he's working as lead game designer on a project for Epic Games. Scott also has competed on American Ninja Warrior, I think two times, and he owns the world's largest collection of rubber sharks. You guys, that's real. I've seen it. I've been there. In this episode, Scott and I talk about learning how to learn, about being creative and nonlinear about how you learn, about what you learn, who you connect with, etc. And we discuss the non-creative skills that allow you to have a successful career in creativity. All right, here it comes. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Let's Make Art. The team at Let's Make Art understands that not everybody has the time and space to create, so they make it easy by providing paints, paper, tutorials, and inspiration for watercolorists of all levels. As a professional musician, I'm always needing new inspiration and new ways to explore my creativity. Let's Make Art helps me set aside time each week to work with my eyes and hands and give my ears a little break so I can get back to music feeling refreshed and re-engaged. To join the Let's Make Art community, visit www.letsmakeart.com and use promo code ARTIFICE, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E, for 10% off brushes from now until May 1st. Well, Scott, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you. So if I ask you anything that you like aren't supposed to answer because of any non-disclosure stuff, just tell me no. Okay. And that way I don't have to edit later. You can just be like, pass. Okay. <laughs> but really, like I like we talked about the other day, I, I mostly just want to talk about um yeah, if you put one of the legs like underneath your chair, you can get it really close. Like see how mine is? Okay. Yeah. Is that I'm better? Just trying to figure out a comfortable seating position. I know. Where I forget. I, can also I have the sometimes I try here. to remember, like the first time I used a boom stand to like play the piano, and it yeah. it was very uncomfortable. It's it's a whole, but I'm but I'm comfy with the boom now. You're used to it. Yeah. I mean, you guys I are spend friends. a lot of time behind the boom stand. <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly I want to talk more <laughs> about like you know, kind of big picture your like philosophies about art and creativity, mm -hmm. um, and and also just. Um, you know, maybe kind of how you feel as like an artist making money and stuff like that. So yeah, mm -hmm. answer, answer whatever you want. So, um, I would like to start, um, with like maybe like a briefish overview of like the beginning for you. So can you tell me about like your earliest, uh, creative inclinations? Okay. Yeah. I, I think I latched onto drawing very young. Like how old? Like I remember drawing before kindergarten and like trying to learn how to draw a Tyrannosaurus Rex. A wee and, babe. And I remember like when I, socially I'm not the best, 
So when I got to school, I discovered that drawing was a way that I could interact with people, that I could focus on my creation and then people would be interested in it. And that like helped me break the ice. So I'm like a broken record, but (laughs) I, I feel like I've said in almost every conversation that I've had art, I think in general is so introverted. Mm -hmm. It's, it can be such, it's like a, such a quiet activity. You practice your art alone, whether it's guitar or saxophone or drawing or cooking or whatever you Mm -hmm. do it alone. And then you reach some point where it, it needs to be maybe more public, but I, but I think that's very yeah. relatable. Like a lot of kind of shy kids or kids who like, just don't quite know how to express themselves like face to face can find like expression and connection with some art medium. I, I think that's mm-hmm. very, very relatable. Yeah. I so, think a lot of times, a lot of disciplines require a lot of focus Yeah, and a lot of time and, and it, it it gives you a way that you can really get in and make sure you do something right yeah before other people see it right yeah. where like when it's real time like for my mind i feel like i really like to process things mm-hmm. a lot and really understand them deeply before i'm interacting with other people about them yeah. and art enables me to do that yeah i feel that way too which is one reason why <laughs> i decided to study jazz in college cuz i had this feeling that like forcing myself to work on improv would like stretch me in a way that would be like horrifying. And it was, um, Mm -hmm. but now it's less. So yeah, but I I totally relate to that. Um, okay. So then what happened? Like, so you, you started drawing, you just, you kind of had an affinity for it. Um, how did you start kind of becoming more like excellent or focused or like, did you, did you take any classes or have any Mm -hmm. mentors or what did you do? Well, I, I mean, I, I really just intrinsically loved it. So I spent a ton of time doing it and yeah. looking at pictures. And I had a lot of friends that liked to draw. Mm-hmm. So it was also social for me, which I think is a big thing. Yeah. That, you know, by the time I got to high school, we probably had a, a tight group of, you know, 10 or 20 kids that were all really good at art. Yeah. And we'd get together on Friday nights and like, eat chips and salsa and draw pictures all night. Awesome. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, we'd win all the art contests and, you yeah. know, really get into critiquing each other's stuff. So I think the social aspect was a really big part of what helped me yeah. keep going with it. But I also think like what you said with the jazz, I think human beings, we are just psychologically made to grow. Yeah. We get satisfaction from expansion of skills and understanding and social connections. Absolutely. And art is a way that you can do that, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just for a lot of people, it's it's a way that you can really tap into that loop of trying something mm-hmm. new and getting better at it and stretching yourself. And yes. it's such a granular thing. Like no matter if it's music or drawing or designing or dancing, there's so many little steps of clear progress that you can sense and feel that make it really satisfying. Really satisfying. I totally agree. Um, Okay. So, so um, I think I just have one more question about like, you know, the, the pre, the pre-college. Yeah. um, Which is how, um, how did you, and maybe you just answered it. I'm asking it anyway. How did you balance like, honing a skill and kind of like a risk taking, like were you experimenting with different mediums mm. or different like types of drawing or were you kind of like going deep in like one comfort zone? 
I just kind of want to know like what was going on in your mind in terms of like, um, yeah, just like that balance. Yeah. Like between working on stuff that you're like less comfortable with and getting really, really great at stuff that you're pretty comfortable with. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just what were your thoughts about that at that age? So interesting. Go back to my high school brain. That's a little bit scary. I know. I try it sometimes and I'm like, I don't know. I'm probably projecting like all sorts of weird stuff. All of my new wisdom that I have. Yeah. Uh, I think for my high school mind, um, I think it was a balance between what I believed I could be satisfied by. Mm. Because sometimes as an artist, I think every artist experiences trying to bite off something that's too much new or too different yeah. and then it doesn't turn out and it's kind of Or something you're just not, not excited great, right? about, or you not know? Passionate yeah. about. Right. So so I think you just learn I feel like I've kind of learned to gauge like how much new can I try and still have it mm-hmm. be worth my time and mm-hmm. be satisfying and be something I want to show to people. So Yeah. So there's that, but there's also like there's a drive that you have to try new things. Yeah. You can't, you can't just sit in the same spot or it's, it doesn't have that satisfaction right. of growth. Well, and furthermore, like that's just, it stops being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I think we are all trying to juggle like, you know, you, you kind of need to understand what came before and, you know, be like, I guess proficient in like the language that's being had, mm-hmm. but also like we have to innovate. So it it is a trick. It's a tricky balance to strike. Um, were you mostly drawing, or were you painting, or were you doing mm. like any graphic stuff? Well, I I used to draw constantly. Like I had I had my textbooks and I had my sketchbook, and honestly, it was mostly my sketchbook yeah. in every class. And was it like? <laughs> I think I'm just trying to get an idea of like the breadth. Like, were you were you using like ink? Charcoal, yeah, almost, lead, all the things. totally pencil on paper, and I loved figure drawing. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. really my core for developing my artistic Like, mostly interest. black and white? Mostly black yes, and white. Yes, because you're, you're not using you know, most graphite colored on paper. pencils. Yeah, And awesome. then, like, I did art classes. I learned how to paint, but painting is just understanding color and how yeah. flexible it is when yeah. you're using real medium is just, it's very hard. Yeah. Later on, when I got into computers, like it becomes much more flexible and there's an undo button and you right, can right, pick right. colors. It's yeah. way easier oh when you're gosh. working with real paint. It's, it, it's pretty Pressure. daunting. And I like, yeah. for my personality, I like to be able to get into something and just start working with it really mm-hmm. quick and have it be kind of low maintenance. So cool. So drawing was really my thing. Awesome. Um, when did you start having, or like when slash how did you start having this idea that art might be something that could be your profession Mm -hmm. or like, what's the story of that? So my parents really encouraged me. That's awesome. They were, they were, my mom was an artist growing up. Oh really? I didn't know that. And she illustrated some books and she won lots of awards. And I mean, she was very talented. Wow. Um, she kind of gave up that career to raise kids, but she still infused that in all of us and really encouraged it. Sure. And, um, and so they always encouraged me to follow my dreams, but they also really taught us how important it is to have a family. Yeah. And so she said, or to, as long as you can support a family and support, you know, afford to live. Yeah. Then chase your dreams, but you, you know, don't be a burden yeah. by chasing your dreams. So was that something that you ever like wrestled with or were you like, 
I, I know I can do it. It was kind of like, I think a lot of people who grew up doing art probably think, oh, maybe I'll like sell my pictures in a gallery someday. Yeah. But you always kind of know like that's not really a thing that works out for a lot of people. Yeah, so. or you at least have that, <laughs> you at least have that idea. Um, yeah, I like to ask this question because I get, I've been surprised already at how many different types of answers I get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people really just feel like I'm, I'm great at this. I'm, I'm one of the best in my school at this. I'm yes. totally confident about it. Nothing has felt so right. And of course it's a thing I'm going to do. And then I think there's another set of people that are like, no, I, I definitely can't. And then some happenstance that they're like, Oh, but I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost like, what am gonna I doing? Or just, I don't know. It kind of, it's almost like some, I don't know, like cosmic, like push mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear that I, I'm hearing that you kind of approach it just like this is uh, like you are pretty maybe having a balance that I think a lot of young artists don't have. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I, maybe I think just thanks my to parents, your mom a little bit. My parents emphasis on just a, a holistic yeah. view of life and all the things that matter helped me to be, you know, I don't feel like I was super smart in the career yeah. path or any of that, but I, I was at least aware of looking for something that would answer both of those questions yeah. that would give me the creative satisfaction and confidence that I'd be able to yeah. provide for my I, life. I do think it's like somewhat rare to have parents that aren't horrified when you pursue <laughs> a career in art. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, I think most parents are like, no, well, yeah. you're not doing that. Like our, our t- the level of artistic talent that it takes to make a living, I think is kind of a rare thing. Mm. And, and it definitely was when we were growing up, like it's way easier now with the internet and computers and it's just so much more accessible. But, but when we were kids, there just, there weren't as many art jobs and it wasn't as easy to get those skills. Yeah. And I think a lot of it probably is because of my mom and my dad. It's also really creative and encouraging. Mm. Um, it, It is a lot of that influence. And I also had really good art programs in my schools. Yeah. So there were teachers that just really encouraged us and, and yeah. taught us and kind of helped us understand it's potential very like, paths. You've read Outliers, right? Yes, I, I have. I know I am making that assumption because Natalie, your wife, told me about Outliers uh-huh. and I read it based on her recommendations. So I'm assuming that that's, but yeah, it sounds like you're saying, you know, it's a crossroads of like a lot of, a lot of people in your life mm-hmm. and situational things that are kind of, okay, so I have a follow up question to that. Um, I like to ask some people about just their beliefs about like the origins of creativity or talent. Like, do you think mm-hmm. talent like, and I, and I know it's like a crossroads of a lot of things, but when pressed, mm-hmm. do you feel like talent is more innate or talent is like, uh, something you build or like, mm-hmm. what do you kind of think about that? If you want to think mm-hmm. about it for a second, I can tell you what I think. <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about it yet. I would love to hear what you think, but I don't want you to take my answer. So I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. I always used to tell people, you know, they'd say, oh, you're so good at drawing. That's, you know, how did you get so good at that? And I would just say, I'm like, I don't think I'm that great. I think I'm just really interested in drawing. Mm -hmm. So I've spent that much time trying to figure it out. Yeah. And like in Outliers, they talk about Steve Jobs and, um, and other people like him that are just like amazing at what they do. And they talk about some of those variables in their life that 
made that a potential thing. Yeah. And like they had access to a computer when most kids didn't. Yeah. But they also had just a phenomenal a level of interest yeah. that that made them spend a ton of time mm-hmm. trying to learn and figure it out. Mm-hmm. That, oh, like 10,000 hour yeah. rule. And like if you spend an hour a day trying to learn something, it takes like 30 years to get yeah. to 10,000 hours. Yeah. It takes a long time. Totally. But those kids that are like, like when I was in school, I was drawing like 10 hours a day, like yeah. every class, all mm-hmm. class long, I'm listening to the math teacher. I'm drawing yeah. and I'm in English class. I'm drawing. I didn't draw in gym, but yeah, uh, I think I, I feel the same way as you. I, I like, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this question. So mm-hmm. I'm totally open yeah, to what's your take, but I think that it's not the talent that's innate, but like mm-hmm. a curiosity, like you said, um, when, you know, I teach a lot and the biggest difference that I think I see between my students and, you know, like how I remember like what I know about my child self, Mm -hmm. um, I just was so curious. Like I was just spending time on it all the time. Um, so like, do I think I had like an innate musical ability? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. In fact, for me, I think I just had a curiosity about creativity And when I was really little, I was probably drawing as much as I was doing music, Mm -hmm. but then I had opportunities to take music classes and be in children's choirs and, you know, community theater things. And, and so I fostered that curiosity more and then eventually it was a skill. Um, But then the question that I have is, is the curiosity innate? Can you teach that? Yeah. And I, I feel honestly like plagued as a teacher by this uh, question. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question. Like I I look back at some of the things my parents did. Um like my mom invested a lot of energy. Now that I'm a parent and I see what it takes to clean up a mess yeah. after like painting yeah. with after your kids or project. playing with Play-Doh. Or, mm. Like my mom did a ton of that stuff yeah. to expose us to all kinds of different activities mm. and but even though she was like that with all of the kids. There were seven of us. I'm the only one that ended up in yeah. a career like this. Yeah. And like my sister is, one of my sisters is very creative. She's done like music teaching and um, and like directing Wait, plays. Is Tiffany. she the one that's married? That's she's married to Cecil, Cecil Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. So she's, <laughs> she's very creative in her career yeah. too. But, but I think there must have been something just about the mix of my personality and what satisfied me and what I was curious about with all those awesome Mm. environmental variables that, that made that end up where I am. Yeah. My parents were like, I, I don't know if I've talked about this with you guys, but my, my, I grew up in the kind of an abusive home. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think for me, I don't know. I, I feel like, some of that resilience is is baked into my personality, I think, because mm-hmm. there's no reason that it should have been there. But I think for me, I, I think I was trying to like find value somewhere. And I think like, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I mean, I can also point to like reasons why maybe like I have maybe theories about like how I got to be an artist Um, and you know, as a small child, but they're not the same as yours, you know? So Mm -hmm. then it makes me think like, Hmm. I don't know, man. Like you used art to deal with 
challenges rather than because you were so yeah. loved into it. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Like I, instead of being loved into it, I was like trying to find love somewhere else. I was trying mm-hmm. to find that kind of like connection and satisfaction and wholeness, like yeah. in some other place. And I think I had like an instinct that even as kind of a young child, that, that was, that was a way to tap into a new, a new, um, type of like nurturing system that I think I mm-hmm. knew that I needed, or maybe I was exposed to it and was like, yes, more of that, please. Yes. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, so I, so I'm, I'm interested. I love hearing people's stories. Cause I, I think, you know, if you, if you, you know, your story, you talk to maybe like a few people that maybe are like you and you start to kind of think like, we must all have this story. Mm-hmm. But then like, oh, everybody's so different. Everybody's different. But yeah. I, I can still relate to some of that. Like I said earlier, yeah, you I just be kind of lonely with friends. I, I like I had friends, but like if I liked a girl, like I wasn't the kind of guy that could just go up and flirt with the girl. Like I was just like I always liked to process and totally understand it and make yeah. sure it would work out <laughs> just right before I did yeah. something. And you you can't you can do that. Apply with, that to that, right? Yeah. So so I would just like draw really cool pictures and hope they'd talk to me. Like so drawing was still a strategy for dealing with difficult situations yeah. for me, maybe in kind of a more humorous way than what you went through. <laughs> but, I mean, it's all, but it's still, yeah. it's still part of the coping mechanism and just finding those things in life that really bring satisfaction enough that you keep going back to it over totally. and over and over. Yeah. And kind of having that little bit of resilience, like your curiosity is strong enough and your interest is strong enough. Then when you reach those kind of blocks, you have enough kind of drive Mm -hmm. or just curiosity to kind of get through them. Okay. So, um, so I want to ask like when and what was your first paid work, but like maybe before I ask that, um, what, is there anything you want to tell about the time between choosing your major of graphic design and having your first paid work Mm -hmm. or are we in the wrong order? So I like, I had, little jobs I got paid for in high school. Commissions and things. Yeah. Like people would see my stuff at a show and be like, Hey, will you draw a picture for me and I'll pay you money or, or like commercial art would come in and say, Hey, can you do some storyboards for us? And I I did some of that. Um, but I think just back to the social and communication, like I think my, my artistic brain matured much faster than Mm. like my ability to understand like business and relationships. So like those first couple were really kind of awkward and didn't really lead into anything. You mean the first couple when you were in high school? Yeah. Okay. Like, like I didn't like take off being commercially successful. Yeah. With it was just kind of little, little things. <laughs> yeah. It was always much more focused on developing the skills. Yeah. And then sometimes stuff would come out of that. That's sure. really been my career. Yeah. Like <laughs> just focus on what I'm passionate about. And then yeah. just like, just like in high school, like, you know, sometimes a drawing would get a girl to talk to me and think I'm cool. Like <laughs> eventually like my drawing made a guy think I was cool and hire me. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like really going out trying sure. to get people to hire me. It just came out of my passion. So were you, okay. I, um, okay. Hold on. I hope I didn't so, go off on a crazy tangent. No, there. I think I'm I welcome answering your question. I welcome tangents. <laughs> I think I was about to go off on a tangent. Um, are there any like, and you can just say no, but are there any like stories from like your college years that you feel are important to like the development of like your current mindset as it mm-hmm. pertains to like 
art, creativity, hmm. whatever. Like any, I think maybe I'm wondering if there's anything you kind of point to as like a moment where, I don't know, something changed. It, there doesn't have to be. I just don't want to miss it if there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I want to answer a little bit more about the last question and then and then I'll add a little more oh, to this one. I was going to go back to that one anyway. Oh, so. I just, I, I, I think an important turning point for me in my career was just being aware of that. How am I going to be able to support a family mm. and yeah. be creative? Right. And I was in high school when Jurassic Park came out mm. and I saw that and I was just like, oh my gosh, how did they make those dinosaurs? That's mm-hmm. amazing. And my brain really worked that way. Like as I've developed my art and my skills, like I see something and I'm like, I want to understand that and I want to do it. Right. Yeah. And so I started looking into computer animation and luckily like yeah. another one of those awesome, like outlier variables, yeah. my high school, my senior year was a brand new high school and had new computers wow. and had like yeah. a video editing computer and a computer animation computer, awesome. which like no kids had access to that. Yeah. That was like unheard People of. People didn't even in, like, like know 95, that I had computer that. animation was right. a thing. That was not in like the so, public, I think. So I got to start trying that in high school and I just, I fell in love with animation and like setting music and timing and, yeah. and the emotions that that can bring across in a different way than just looking at a picture. Yeah. And then, and that field was just beginning to grow and looked really promising. So that's, that's what so I you, you kind of thought like, into. oh, this is something I can, this is it. This is like, yeah, like this there, is a home. Th- there's going to be a demand for this yeah. in movies or video games or something. Mm. And I love this. Yeah. This is awesome. So, so when you finished college, um, like, how long between like finishing college or like when did you have a, your first like stable work or so, or what was your first like I, main job I went to art school for one year okay and that, and that was and that was in back in Ohio where I grew up and that was just like really traditional drawing painting mm. writing just fundamental fine art skills yeah and then that school didn't really have great computer stuff mm. and it was really expensive. Yeah. So I ended up looking around to like figure out, okay, I really want to do computer animation. Where can I do that? And, yeah. and having connections to Utah, I came out to BYU and they had amazing access to computers. Yeah. Their art programs were awesome and they were super cheap. Yeah. And lots of cute girls. So, <laughs> so we like, keep okay, coming back to I'm this I'm coming theme. out to BYU. Yeah. So, so I went to BYU and, um, and when I got there, even, you know, it was many years after I had started learning computer animation, they were just starting the, the animation program at BYU. Like it wasn't even there when I got there and I was kind of one of the first pilot kids that went through it. Cool. Like when I was there, it wasn't even, it wasn't graphic design. It was, I had a, a degree in fine art in the school of engineering what? Because the engineering <laughs> so school crazy. had the funds to have the yeah. computers. Right. And so they were in charge of the degree, but it was like it was a fine like art a, degree. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it's, it's a fun diploma. That's to awesome. Have. Yeah. That's yep. kind of funny. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we, we can go either way. I, I want to know if there's anything transformative that happens in those college years. In- I think, I think the number one thing I would say is it's, it just goes back to the time. Like kids, 
kids who are in college will come to me all the time and be like, I want to be an animator. I want to make video games. And I'm going to school for it. And my first question is, are you the best kid in your class? Because mm. really, when I look back at our class, like the difference between the best kids in the class and the kids who are just going to class yeah. is huge. Yeah. And yeah. now it's so much more competitive just because it's so much easier for any kid to get on a computer mm. and learn all this stuff. Like what, what kids are competing with now compared to what I had to compete with yeah. is just way harder. Yeah. So, so that's one thing you have to be the best yeah. in order to have a really good shot. And yeah. if you're not the best, that's okay. But you got to be like studying those kids yeah. and understanding what the difference is and right. putting in hours to figure out how to make that difference yeah, I think up. That caveat is important because right? yeah, I mean, I've seen people who don't start off the best, but who mm -hmm. they get this, like you watch them have this shift where they, they have like a light bulb. They catch this vision of like what this game is and what this assignment is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the kids that I think start off the best kind of peter out. Like they don't, I don't know. So I, I think you're right that it's like the, who's the best now. And like, how are you getting there? Mm -hmm. um, and there's yeah. one there's one more thing that goes along with that too, though, is that I ask kids, like, how much time are you spending on this? Yeah, because yeah, you can probably pass the class, yeah, and never get a job. Well, one, you have to be you. Yeah. Like, this has to be your life. You have to be mm -hmm. passionate enough about it to invest so much of your own mm -hmm. just life because you love yeah. it in order to be successful. I think I I, I suggest to my students to to think of their competition. So I talk about it in a slightly different way, but I think we're getting the same idea, which yeah. is like, I don't recommend that they think that much about who they're in school with. I recommend that they think about who's the industry pros. Yes. Like that's your competition. Like, are you ready to like be like not against, but like to be qualified with those people? Mm -hmm. Um, and you're, I mean, are you thinking like way outside of this box? Like are yeah, you it, gotta be your competitions, the world. It depends on what school you're going to, right? Like yeah. if some kid comes to me from a community college and he's like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm like, yeah, but you're at a community college. That's why I'm, that's why I feel like, like you're not, you're not yeah, at Cal arts press to like put a, right? some caveats on that idea. <laughs> yeah. And like I went to the university of North Texas, which for jazz studies is one of the best schools in the world. And I was nowhere near the best there, yeah. but it means a totally different thing. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the best people from there are like winning Grammys while they're still in school, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think it really matters what pull your, pull your in. And, and like you said, you can be the best in your class and, you know, whatever, you know, local school may be. And, and that might not mean truly anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, to kind of think but about that's a good picture. starting point. Like if you're, if you're not up there, like that's, that's some self check time sure. to figure out what you need to figure out. Yeah. Always be kind of thinking like, what's the pool I'm in and how am I doing in this pool? Yes. Um, and when you're the biggest fish in that pool, like think about the, the you next know, pool. yeah. Always be considering yourself in the biggest possible pool. Um, okay. So yeah. What was your, like, what was your first like regular job? So when I was at, at college, uh, I didn't have a job when I was in art school, but when I went to BYU, I was like, this is another one of those awesome things. I was like 
one day away from starting one of those horrific, like 4 a.m. janitor jobs no. to make money Andrew to pay had for school. One of those. Oh my gosh. And I was like on my way to turn in my application to that job. And I heard someone talking in the hall about this like art job that you could get. Wow. And I was like, wait, what? Ding, ding, ding. And it was this place called the CID where they make online courses Sweet. for BYU. Yeah. And, and they need graphics. So I was like, okay. So I went and showed them my portfolio and yeah. they're like, okay, you can draw really good. All right. And, and when I was there, I learned Flash, which is mm -hmm. almost dead and kind of makes mm. me sad. <laughs> but Flash is really, really learned how to combine programming and art into games. Okay, cool. And so, so I worked there for a year and then it was just like stepping stones from there as I developed my skills. And pretty soon I was working for a AAA game studio. Sweet. Um, do you feel like it would be useful to like anyone who like wants to be in the video game industry to like maybe have a bulleted, like a, some quick bullets of like what those steps were. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's probably different now yeah. than when I was there. Cause like when I got my first video game job, I got a job based on, I could draw. Yeah. I mean, because I get it. Artists like, didn't know how to use computers. YouTube back then, so. like was launched like my freshman year of college and, and yes. I'm only 30. So like, I, rem I, get, I remember I videos before YouTube when you had to like torrent them around. I yeah. don't, it wasn't even torrent back then. I can't remember what software we used to share videos, but yeah, there was like, I remember videos from the beginning of the internet. Yeah. Have you ever seen that disco alien song? No. Nope. Like, I mean, we didn't have oh, internet man. in my home until I was like 15. <laughs> uh, I, I never had internet in my house yeah, um, until I moved out. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, it was, it's a whole different deal now. So maybe those bullets aren't useful. Yeah, I got like dial up email, but I, I do think, I, I do think there are some, there are some things that cross over. Like, I think now you have to have, just because it is a lot more easy to develop representational skills younger because mm -hmm. of the internet and computers mm -hmm. and all of that, the competition is steeper. So someone getting an entry-level position is going to be expected to have a lot more just technical know-how than I did. But the artistic skill is still like yeah. just the hours and, mm -hmm. and study and practice that it takes to have that. Like you can't yeah. just wake up one day and decide to learn that. That takes a lifetime yeah. and an attitude. So there's that. But then it's also just, you know, always be looking for the next opportunity to learn something new and yeah. And, uh, and yeah. just when you talk to people about jobs, like ask and learn and try to understand what's making the difference if you're getting yeah. it or not. Yeah. So. so usually this is where I start to talk to people about their hustle and you yeah. have kind of a different situation. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I'm not sure like what to ask, but, um, but I'd love to know, uh, like, about your, like, your first, your first big job. Like, can you just mm -hmm. tell us what you were working on and like, what what your job was and and maybe mm -hmm. also if you could include like, the stuff that isn't the art. You know, I think that's a part that's a that's a mystery to a mm -hmm. lot of people. Like what well, like what skills are valuable that weren't the art? My my first real game job. Um, I made flash games for a place called unique studios 
and then I used that and my drawing skills to get a job at a real game studio called Avalanche. Cool. Here in Salt Lake. And is that the job you still have? No, I'm okay. not with Avalanche anymore. Okay, sorry, I'm ignorant. I don't yeah. know anything about video so, games. So Avalanche is a is a big studio, and they were they were amazing. They they were just super generous to bring young artists on and teach us. Yeah the skills of how to build characters and do 3d games. And I learned animation there. I learned modeling and a lot of the skills, um, that were just foundational to my career. Yeah. Like stuff that's creative, but it's not the thing you loved as a child. It's It's like all of this big picture, like just abstract thinking, different things. So you're learning, I mean, those skills that's writing, you know, and like, right. I mean, that's, it's like, storytelling mm-hmm. and um well some of that There's anyway of that. um yeah prob- games games are just i think honestly games are probably the most complex thing you can make yeah there's so i mean there's music there's writing there's yeah. acting there's animation there's all these technical and modeling and yeah hardware like you have to get millions of variables and aspects and disciplines and people to all work together to make this thing. Yeah. Right. So when you were working at Avalanche, what all were you involved in? Like how many of those, of those things were you kind of like, I did concept art. I did like texture painting where you like paint the skin on characters. I did game design. I did rigging. What's rigging? Rigging is where you put the skeleton inside of a virtual character so that they can move and bend correctly. Okay. And there's a little bit of like technical like math and programming involved in that. Okay. And that was new. That was like Yeah, that's all new. Yeah. Right. So all this stuff that you're telling me is like stuff that when you got hired, you were like, I don't know. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And Sweet. so but the thing that's really cool about creativity that I really believe is that all those years that I spent all those hours drawing, mm-hmm. it it develops You're a like learning how to learn. To learn. Yeah. Exactly. I, totally. Like every creative thing you do creates a structure mm-hmm. and a pathway in your brain mm-hmm. that says, yes, I can learn new things and that you can take and apply to the next new thing you yes. learn. And it, it kind of has a snowball effect. I fully I agree. And I think that when people look at someone in their thirties and their forties, who's been doing that and thinking that way for a long time, it can look overwhelming. Like, how do you have that many skills? And then I think sometimes people that are, that are either, you know, artists who aren't there yet, or just like the public can kind of look at you and think that you're like magical somehow, you know, (laughs) do you know what I mean though? And, and of course, like, no, it's just, it's, it's these things that you just little by little, you put these feelers out and your learning and your skill set, it's not linear. It's like stretching all around and all out. Yeah. It's really about, I think, developing your mind and just your capacity to understand and utilize that understanding. Yeah. And and in games, it just it gets so broad. Like I, I hardly even do any art anymore yeah. in my job. Yeah. I'm a designer now. So yeah. so my my job is really about trying to understand all the aspects of the game and work with the engineers and the artists and the animators yeah. and try to glue it all together into a cohesive whole yeah. that is something that will be special and delight our players. Yeah, and that's something that's like, that's that big picture creative in a way that's like, 
I don't know. That's it's special. I think. Um, okay. So was there anything in between avalanche and the job you're doing now? No, I like, I worked at avalanche and I think they just had, um, the creative structure there was difficult for me to get into design in a way that was satisfying Mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I just, I saw this new company that came up, uh, that was called chair. That's much smaller and more guys my age. And, um, and they were making games that I just thought looked really cool. Yeah. So I just Facebooked their creative director and I was like, Hey, let's have lunch. And I like to animate. I like to design games. I don't want to work for you. Yeah. And, and they said, uh, I don't know. And I showed them my stuff and they're like, okay, you can come work for us. So yeah, even <laughs> that, like that thing you just said, that, like, I think the vast majority of professional artists, any medium have stories like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that feel burned out, like, I don't know, I'm speaking in generalizations, but a lot of the people that feel like really cynical about profession, you know, careers in professional art, I think a lot of times that's the piece they're missing. Just being Mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's have lunch. Just like that thing where you're like, I want to be in that room so bad. I'm not going to wait for someone to like invite me there. I'm going to say like, Hey, how do I get involved with this? And when Mm -hmm. they say like, I don't know, you're going to say, okay, well let's just talk. You know, I I think that, I think that piece is really crucial. What do you, do you have any thoughts about that? Like the, that's, that's not a creative skill, but I think well, it's, it's, I mean, there's so much about this job, especially when you're in a creative environment that involves a group and it's not just a solo project. Yeah. Communication is yeah. so important and yeah. the ability to just reach out and ask questions and communicate and yeah. talk to somebody. And like when I was reaching out to talk to the people at this other company, it was, just as much me kind of quizzing them to see if this was going to be a place where I could make a bigger difference and be more useful to them and be more satisfied myself. That's something I tell, you know, my older, my college students, like they'll sometimes be like, how do I get gigs? Like, can you recommend me to people? And I'm always like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You look at the world and you think to yourself, like who needs my skill set? In what, in what situation do I have something valuable to offer? And maybe when you're first starting out, that's the only question you ask. And then you mm-hmm. find those people and you tell them, hey, if you need a sub, if you need this person, this is what I can do. Here are the ways that I can make your life easier and make your life better. Yeah. Um, and then eventually you, you also maybe can, can start being selective and really working on the the, the type of work that's going to satisfy both. It's going to satisfy your creative drive and it's also going to satisfy your mortgage or your rent yes, or satisfy your mortgage, your, you know, whatever it. it is. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really important. And I think it's something we don't talk about a lot. We like to focus on like, Oh, we just work on the art and you know, but we all have these extra skills that are just like, and that is a hustle, you know, like it's not a freelance hustle, but that's a hustle. Um, so chair is where you work now? Yes. Okay. It's, yeah. We're, we're now Epic Games Salt Lake. Okay, sweet. Epic Games Salt Lake. Yeah. Do you want to talk about any past, like, can you talk about past projects and like what you're proud of? Yeah. I, what I you can learned? talk a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever you can say. Yeah. So, um, when we went to chair, uh, this will actually be kind of a fun story. So 
I went there because they made this game called Shadow Complex that was just like one of my favorite, favorite games of all time. And yeah. I was so impressed. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to make games like this. I'm yeah. working with these guys. Cutting edge. So I went there. And then after I got there, it was right after like mobile devices had started to become a thing. Mm. And so, so this was what so like, the company's like, we like we could be a huge like brand, like one of the first yeah. big games on iPhone. Yeah. Like, so they totally did this huge pivot and said, okay, we've got six months to make a triple A amazing title for iPhone with 10 people. Sweet. Which any video game developer will tell you that's nuts. Yeah. Like it was crazy, yeah, but yeah. we're like, okay, let's do this. It was yeah. so exciting. And, and so we decided to make this game called infinity blade. Cool. Where you basically, your finger is a sword and <laughs> you can use the input device on iOS and like you swing your finger across yeah. the screen and your guy swings the sword and yeah. it was this new cool experience. And then Epic makes this incredible engine that can do graphics that are just like, like you would see on a TV game yeah. console on iOS. So yeah. it looks like the most amazing graphics you've ever seen on a phone. Yeah. And, um, and then we had to animate it so fast. And I started there as an animator. Yeah. Um, and I was the, I was like their first real animator. You were animator. like the guy. Yeah. So. No so, pressure. You had <laughs> so to figure it out. Like trying to figure this out. But, but they had, for such a small studio, they had a motion capture studio. Okay. Yeah. So wait, just tell us what it so is. So a motion capture I studio know, is a room where they have a bunch of cameras that are infrared usually. Yeah. And then you wear like a black spandex suit, a suit with little silver balls all over yeah. it. And the cameras can see the silver balls and compare all their images and tell where you are in 3D space yeah, and yeah, how yeah. your bones are moving. And then they can translate that into data that you can put on a character in a video game or a movie. Right. So yeah. like Lord of the Rings, like yeah. all, all of the characters the, like, that are CG, yeah. they're all acted out. Like the, what, sure. what's the main character's name? That's Gollum. Yeah. Andy Serkis did all the acting for Gollum. Mm. So he's like a real actor, yeah. but then it's on a, a synthetic right. character. Sure. So, so this studio had this was that. Just when another was this? one of those. This was in 2009, I okay. think. So one of the other just creative things that I was, passionate about was martial arts. It was yeah. just one of the things I had started to learn in high school and in college. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best story. Okay. Like, yeah, I guess I can be like your, the, I a knight in shining armor and yeah. I can act all this stuff out. Yeah. So, and that so I just like learned how to do mocap and, and acted out all the gameplay yeah. and had to plan out my motions to work with how it was going to work on your finger. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just to like, like spell this out, if you hadn't had that curiosity and that extra drive working on this other thing, martial arts, mm -hmm. when this opportunity presented itself, we it would have been, been and it would have been, well, and, okay, like, even if we there was, had to like try to go find some actor and like just the turnaround speed we needed. And at like, the very least it would have been too late for you. You know, like yeah. you would have missed I that wouldn't opportunity. I would have had the opportunity and the game, we wouldn't have been able to finish it. So There's no way. I, I also love encouraging artists to think this way because you just don't know. You, you'll never know. But if you're always just pushing and thinking like, where am I curious? Where am I interested? Maybe it's a skill that seems totally unrelated to like mm -hmm. your main thing that you're doing. But like, I've seen this happen in my career a bunch of times where like, I'm just working on a thing and then it like, 
And then because I have like, I've had maybe not as like dramatically kind of bizarre, but I've had experiences too where like, I never would have known that like, you know, X opportunity would be presented to me. But like, if you wait until that opportunity is there, it's too late. It's too late. Um, and, yeah. and that, that automatically means that some of your interests and some of the stuff you spend time on, maybe it won't have that X opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have to not care. You have to just, yeah, I have lots of things that I've dabbled with that are never going to make any money for me. But, yeah. But you never know. <laughs> but never even know. all those things I've dabbled in, have given me skills and understanding yeah. like, like you're an amazing musician. I've dabbled in it a little bit and like, I don't, I can never do anything with it, but I can talk to our sound guy. That's what I was going to say. Right? I mean, like that it's very clear and to me how that skill is going like, to. Even though, even though like my level of expertise in that is nowhere near enough to really do anything. It's enough that it can add to my job and how I can direct yeah. and guide and get things to glue yeah, together. Even, even if it's not a direct right? link, it's like that all is enriching, like the way your mind works and like the, exactly. the that's a great even, way to put it. Even just enriching like the, your mind, the way your mind works. That's sure. Exactly. Or even like it's building a network, you know, maybe like, maybe like some interest you have, it's, it's just, it's just enough that you're like, Hey, I know a guy, you know, like mm-hmm. who knows? It's all of that kind of like, big picture, like holistic, like kind of looking at your whole life with like, how does this all connect and what am I doing and what else can I try? Mm-hmm. I feel like I interrupted your story. So you were like, I did martial arts. We had the motion. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we had 10 guys and every one of us, we were all working like 14, 15 hour days Yeah. to get this game yeah, done. Yeah. had a deadline. And, and like it, it worked. Like yeah. We, we somehow, we made it all happen and all the guys there are just so talented and it was, it felt so cool Yeah. to just be a piece of that. And somehow like I got to use karate. Like, yeah, I never thought I would get to use karate in my job. Wow. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and then to think like infinity blade had millions and millions and millions of players all around the world. And they're all like, fighting these monsters and playing swords and yeah. and all this stuff. And, and they're all fighting me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're like, that's my body. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those, that's my arm doing that. Um, yes. That's awesome. Uh, is that the end of what you can say about what you do? Or like, can you talk in any big picture ways about like... I, I can talk in big picture, just not about specific projects. Great. Well, let's, let's hear that. Like just, I mean, I, I think maybe I'd like to know like, how does creativity have a place in like what you're doing now? I mean, you kind mm-hmm. of already said like you're, you're in like a, like a director type of a position where you, you're overseeing a lot and like making sure things are cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you want, do you want to say anything I can talk a little about, bit that? about that? So this job, I'm, I'm a game designer now and all of the things that I have dabbled in, in my life, I like, I've never been a professional programmer, but I've programmed. I've never been a professional musician or sound guy, but I've you worked oversee with sound. I've that made now. stuff. Yeah. Um, I've published some of my own small games. I've marketed some of my own small mm. stuff. So I've, I've kind of at least had a taste of all the different pieces it takes to make a game. And, and that makes you kind of that, uniquely that qualified gives me to <laughs> enough to 
get started in this role, right? Great. But I'm what I'm and learning. This role is pretty new. This is new. I've been this for a year. Okay. So what I, what has really been a huge growing experience for me is the communication mm. and learning how to communicate and create as a group. Where yeah. before I kind of had like my piece of the pie that I was in charge of, and it was much more clear, direct tasks that I had to complete. Yeah. And now my job is more deciding what all the tasks should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and at my company, it's awesome because all the people I get to work with are so smart and creative and there's a lot of really good perspectives yeah. and we respect each other a lot, but just learning how to approach a problem in a way that allows everybody to have constructive mm. input, yeah. but then still also having enough leadership yeah. to like make sure yeah. it happens you and it gets m- done. Make space for everybody's ideas, but man the ship. Yes. Yeah. And so that like learning that communication has been the huge stretch mm. for me this year. Yeah. But it's so satisfying. Yeah. Like I feel like this this year has grown me so much as a person and in creative ways that aren't like on paper that you can see. Yeah. But just in, in my interactions with all so kinds of people, though. it's just yeah. every, everything new that you do, like what you were talking about yeah. doing jazz, cause it stretches you and it's like, mm. ah, that's not what I'm good at being yeah. with all those people. And I kind of, li- I like sort of love that feeling of being like, oh, I don't know. It's like, I like, I like having perverse, done maybe. it. Yeah, no, <laughs> <Right>. totally. <laughs> it's sometimes in the moment you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get myself into this? But yeah, but then as you look back, you're like, this is awesome to yeah. be able to do this. I now. think I'm like vaguely addicted to that feeling of being like, yes. who knows what will happen with this? <laughs> um, yeah. And no, I be, being on the one side of the hill going, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. But then when you're riding down the other side, you're like, oh, that was great. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely not constant. Like I was talking, uh, with the, some, the producers at the studio this morning and, we were just talking about like this feeling that we sometimes get, which I like to call rejection fatigue, um, uh-huh. which is, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't try new hard things anymore. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's full of rejection. Yes. Anytime you're being curious about something, it's just, yes. it's jam packed with rejection. Yeah, but um, you get used to that, right? You, yeah, you, you learn that like... develop a, quite a thick skin. When I started this job, I, I felt like it was my responsibility to have all the ideas mm. and come into a meeting it's and be not. like, okay, guys, this yeah. is how we're going to solve all the problems. But what I've realized is I, if I come into the meeting understanding the problem and having some ideas, yeah. but really having the right questions... yeah that everybody can agree on like, okay, yeah, that is the problem. That is how we should be thinking about this. Then collectively with the right guys who are really passionate about that, we come up with really cool stuff. Yeah. And, and then like just learning how that flow works Mm. is really cool. And it's probably always going to change. It's very humbling. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I have maybe just one last like little subject yeah. Or big, I don't know, you can decide. Um, so one of the things that I like to talk about, and, and I think it manifests itself differently depending on the medium, so I don't know how relevant this will be to you, but sometimes I think we have like our, our, our inner selves, you know, like kind of how we think of like, 
who is Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have kind of the Scott that shows up to work, um, the Scott that everybody interfaces with. Um, and, and, and I, I think that's fine. You know, I think we all, we have to do that to some extent. Um, yeah. but I'm, but I'm interested in it and how we kind of all, you know, create boundaries between the two or, or try not to, you know, try to slow, like our, maybe our goal is to have them be the same. Um, but mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've titled this podcast artifice because I'm, I'm, I'm really, like I said, I'm fascinated by what's seen and what's not seen. And so, so I, I think I want to just know, like, you know, where is this question going? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, well, I don't, it just depends on what your answer is, I guess. But yeah. I think I want to know, like, is there vulnerability like in your job? And if so, how is that? And also like how, you know, do you ever have this feeling of like, I, I'm, I have to be, I have to be this at work and I have to be all these things, but Mm -hmm. I feel insecure about, you know, this or that. Um, or like just what's, what's kind of your experience with kind of this idea of like, there's the, there's the, there's the, like public is not the right word, but there's like the out there me and there's the yeah. in here me and who are they think, and what's going on. I think that's, I mean, it's part of the communication thing. Um, if any Epic executives are listening to this, I'm totally confident I'm great at my job and I have <laughs> nothing to worry about. But well, um, these things are, these <laughs> things aren't, they're not, I don't think they're work related most no, of the time. Every, they're everybody like, has this. what are your stories? What are your narratives? How, and how do you deal in, with it? In my experience, the way my mind works, I'm pretty confident that after I try something a couple times, I can do it. Yeah. Like I can figure it out and I, I've developed that capacity to just start to notice the things yeah. I'm not getting where, and just like make progress. Mm. Um, what's really scary about doing something new and this job had just a lot of new facets and still other, you know, mm. new facets that I'm still figuring out. Yeah. Like, it's it's very hard for me to know I'm doing something the first time, yeah. And I know I'm gonna mess up, yeah. Like I know, I know I'm gonna, you know, not communicate this the right way, or my first idea is not gonna be yeah. right, or the way I communicate with this person is yeah. gonna rub them the wrong way, mm. and and I'm confident that I I figure it out, yeah. But, but you kind of go it's like hard to do things the first time. I'm just be like, hard. I don't yeah. have experience with this thing totally. yet. So okay, I'm gonna. So those situations are scary. I'm gonna push like just maybe a little bit harder on this question. Yeah. And and if there's nothing there, then whatever, it's fine. Okay. Um, but so sometimes I, I sometimes I like to think uh, maybe I'm just like I'm obsessed with this concept, but sometimes I like to I like to try to imagine what like, you know, if I'm like walking through the grocery store. And the, and someone was going to like take a poll of like everyone who like watched me or interacted with me at the grocery store and, and ask them like, what do you think about this person? Like, is she married? What kind of a job does she have? Uh, where does she live? You know, and, and like how, how accurate that would be. And then maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love that this. Sounds hilarious. That sounds like a good reality. Oh my gosh. Show. I think about it so much just because I, oh I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm curious about it. It's funny to me okay. and, and fun and also horrifying. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, maybe if people were to ask like, maybe like my neighbors who like know some things for sure, maybe mm-hmm. other things like, like, but 
as detailed as the question gets, like how, like where, and then, you know, if maybe if someone asks like my students who see me like multiple times a week or people who see me all the time or like people who know me. And then if, if the questions got like down to stuff where it's just like my, you know, maybe how I feel about like my character where maybe mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of subjective. Um, so I think what I'm wondering, like if, if you follow me on like that concept, kind of gets where like some eventually of these ideas like, are coming like from, if, but. if someone's asking like, you know, uh, is Emily like loyal, yes. you know, like there's maybe like what I think is true. And, and then I wonder sometimes like, how close to me do people have to be before they're like, yes. Or like, are there people mm-hmm. pretty close to me who are like, I don't know. So I think I'm wondering like from how you see yourself to like in general or whatever, how mm-hmm. people see you. Hmm. Is there anything that you're kind of like, like feeling what's the difference? Li- yeah. Are you feeling a little like about any of those things or like, <laughs> I hope nobody finds out or like, I wish people knew or, so- I think like my wife and I, we've talked about this quite a bit. Mm. You, this um, concept? This concept of... Who am I and who do people think I am? Understanding, yeah. Like how do people perceive us and what actually makes us tick? Like mm-hmm. we actually, a couple of years ago, we'd been married, I don't know, probably 10 years at the time. And we love each other to death. And my wife is amazing. You guys, are, some you guys things, are a good pair. Some some things we really mesh on and we're totally on the same page. Yeah. Some things we're very different about. Mm. And I think every couple is probably that way to some degree. Yeah. Um, but we th- there was something that happened and like we almost never get upset with each other. But it was just like one of those things that you just, you always kind of feel like something's not quite right, but you just, you know, we're patient people. We kind of push yeah. off, push off, push off. And then there was like this explosion yeah, and we had this big argument and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this isn't us. What's going on here? And so, so we actually took some time to like do some study about like personality Mm. and psychology Mm -hmm. and, and we took some of those tests and like, I don't know how scientific those tests really are, but we like, I was like, okay, I'm this kind of person. Are you talking about the Myers-Briggs test? We, we did that one. And there's also like the, the, the communication styles test and, but, but yeah. Do you know what your Myers-Briggs is? Uh, I'm an INTJ. Me too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's Natalie? Natalie is an ISFJ. Um, INTJ is like one of the most rare. Yes, it is. And I'm kind of a weird INTJ. I think I'm a little closer to the middle. Like I'm not You're super little... extreme, mm. um, but I'm definitely, I'm, I'm very N and then everything else. I'm like just barely over the edge. But... I feel a little insecure about how <laughs> much J I am. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, Ooh, but it never, Natalie's, Natalie's more J than I am. Yeah. But, but I do think it was very interesting just to read it just gives you vocabulary, like we, I think. We talked about, well, we, you do the test and you like say what you think your spouse is. Like, yeah. my perspective of you is this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she says, well, my perspective of me is this. And it was dead on. Like, mm. she made me an INTJ. I made me an INTJ. She, you know, she's ISFJ. Yeah. Wow. And, and ISFJ and INTJ are, are polar opposites. Mm. Like, 
every piece of the puzzle that that makes up in your personality is like we value the exact opposite things hmm. and and interesting um but what we really realized from that was whoa like what makes you really happy and and what your brain is looking for and naturally attuned to is just it's very different yeah than mine and like yeah. And I was like, wow, like I really love making projects like mm-hmm. that. That is the fuel of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like and, that too. And sometimes that doesn't mesh well with yeah. Natalie's fuel is like the like family activities, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I also love and value. But like yeah. that, that's something that is kind of like, I need to like build up energy to go do some of that yeah. stuff where yeah. like, Spending personal time by yep. myself building something is like, I could do that forever. I'm the same way. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so just like being able to be cool with, that's kind of how I naturally am. Mm-hmm. And I have these weaknesses mm-hmm. and I have these superpowers and you have different ones and we understand each other yeah. and, and we make it work. And like, I know when she wants like some big family activity, then I'm like on board and I understand and I, and I care yeah. about her and, and I figure out how to make it work for me yeah. and vice versa. Like when I need a project, she's like, okay, Scott needs this mm-hmm. project time. Mm-hmm. He's different than me. Yeah. But what I think to answer your question, yeah. this is kind of a big roundabout way. No, I, I like it. I'm totally into it. Um, I think that my INTJ expression is very much that, like I, I just see some kind of project and then I just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I have like a bunch of weird, disparate, crazy things mm-hmm. that I've done that people know me for. Like I did American Ninja Warrior. Mm. And so like, like a lot of people know that about yeah. me because that's something that just kind of gets out there. It's very big like, and it's very Ninja public. Warrior. So, yeah. so like if I see someone at church or I see like a friend in the neighborhood, mm then they'll be like, oh, this is the guy that did Ninja Warrior. And like, yeah. that's their perception of me. Right. When that's like a tiny slice of like a fad in my life. And furthermore, right? <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm making assumptions now because I also have this problem because same, yeah. right? Uh, then they make assumptions about like the kind of guy you are based on that when really that is like connected back to like something that's pro- the root of it is so different from what somebody would think. Yes. And yeah. people think like, oh, Scott is like so fun. He's probably like a party. And you're animal. like, leave me alone. But, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like, I'm like, yeah, but like small talk at parties is like terrifying. Uh, yeah. For I me. <laughs> same. Like it, it's excruciating. I can't do it. Yes. Um, no, I feel the same way. Like people always think I'm an extrovert because I'm a performer, but like, no, I, so I know that I've done a good job at my gigs. If at the end, like my wedding gigs, if at the end of the night, the guests are like, come to a bar with us. And I'm like, you think that's not me. I've given you the impression that that's what I want. Yeah. And, uh, it couldn't be farther from the truth, but that's how I know I like nailed it today. Yes. And I'm like, Oh you no, tricked them into thinking you're I all will go home and I will not speak for like a full day, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm tapped out. Yeah. And I think also like, I'm, I, I like to think that I have a pretty high like literacy for like emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people would think that I'm a very like emotionally driven person, which would be like that F, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm just so freaking curious about emotions. Like I'm thinking about my feelings. I have a feeling and I'm like, Hmm, thoughts time, you know? Well, I mean, we, I mean, who knows if like 
Myers-Briggs is really a thing, but people who answer the questions that way, yeah. like, we process everything so much. Yeah. Like, I spend so much time in my own head just trying to reconcile everything yeah. into oh, a yeah. clean picture that like I miss a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that's happening mm. around me. Yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just like a quick story. So Andrew is an INTP. Okay. And uh, we we did... Like I took this test because like I was in therapy and I was having like I love INTPs. Yeah, some of my best friends are INTPs. Yeah, I'm married to one of those. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was in therapy because I was like having all these issues, like dealing with my childhood and just figuring things out. And my therapist had me take that test, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, this is why I feel like I don't understand people because they're mm-hmm. just operating in this different way, and I'm operating in a way that's like kind of strange in terms yeah. of population." Um, and then we, and then I was like obsessed with it and I was like, Andrew, take this thing. Like I have to understand what's going on with you. Um, so we, I was just Googling like, you know, INTJ and INTP pairs. Okay. And, um, like what happens, you know, what happens when these two are together? And it says like the only fight that this pairing will have is the INTJ spends all of this time thinking through every possibility, Mm -hmm. all of the things and like lands on a plan of execution that is going to be like, is ready. It's baked. It's like, it's fully cooked. Mm-hmm. And the INTP like takes things apart. So like I will <laughs> dream about something. I will be thinking, I'll think I'll, I'll have spreadsheets. I'll be like, I've got a calculator. I'm figuring out all these things, doing all this research. I don't tell Andrew about it until it's like finished. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, Hey, I've made this plan for like how we're going to, do our landscaping Mm -hmm. or something. And then Andrew will be like, no, no, no. And he'll take it all apart. And I'm like, I already thought of that. And if you just follow (laughs) it down this path and, but he will like take it apart. And I get so angry because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've thought about all of it. And what we found is if he, he takes it apart, he rebuilds same plan. Cause Mm -hmm. I did think of everything. But in order for him to enjoy it, he has to totally. So now it's probably the same for you. Like, we do that too. Yeah. We like we like to build our own thing so we completely understand it from the ground yeah. up. It's hard for us to take someone else's system yeah. and add on so to it. So now I'm like, okay, we're having one of those things. Mm-hmm. Go on your own and yeah. come back to me when you've okay. realized that like I already did this thinking mm-hmm. that you're doing now. And then I don't have to feel like frustrated. But it's yeah. just it's funny those things I think are but I think are profound. I mean to get to get back to a more holistic point on this, I think that working in a creative career when you're in a big collaborative group, and I'm sure what it's like when you're mm-hmm. in a band and, mm-hmm. and the business side of it, and it's so important to understand that everybody thinks and perceives everything so differently. Absolutely. And that I think it's human nature to try and think when you're trying to understand the way someone else is thinking, you say, if I was mm-hmm. going to do that, like, why would I do that? I would never do that. Mm-hmm. That person must be stupid yes. because they're not doing the same thing I would do. Yeah. But what you, you have to stop and say, no, they are not me. Like yeah. they are not thinking the same way I am. It's yeah. not what would make me do that. It's like, it's a totally this is obviously different they have a different set of priorities, yeah. a different set of interests, a different set of, you know, whatever's yeah. going on in their life. And if you just give 
everybody a huge benefit of the doubt. And ask questions and, and just stay curious. Communicate. Yeah. And yeah, then it, mm. and just, I mean, if you notice, like there's a lot of times where I see like, okay, there's a problem like in my family or in my job and just having the patience to be like, I don't, I don't really quite have a finger on this problem yet, yeah. but it's like, it's on my radar. Yeah. I'm looking for an answer. Yeah. And some combination of experience and subconscious and whatever, like, I just find that those things, as long as you're like docking them and putting mm -hmm. them on your mm -hmm. processing radar, absolutely, they come into place. Like, and when the opportunity to solve that problem shows up or you see like a clear way you can help somebody yeah. um, or a clear way that like you can change something in yourself, then, then that change happens. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to just, that, we're made to grow. Yes. We're made to change and get better mm -hmm. and, and helping other people change and grow is a huge part of that mm -hmm. too, I think. Yeah. And that also takes creativity, right? It does. That creativity Every of thought. Every person is a different Having Because I, I have that same thought too, like looking at someone, because I used to do the same thing and feel like, well, if I, in order for me to act that way, I would have to like hate someone, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't really. I know. I'm like, if I was going to say something like that, like I would have to be so ticked off yeah. and like, I would have to feel so mean because yeah. I don't say mean things on yeah. purpose, but. Yeah. But have, people, but like having that creativity <laughs> to different. be like, what could be going on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Uh, one last question. It's an easy one. Well, yeah. it's a short one. Um, what's your dream collaboration or like your dream project? It can be multimedia. <laughs> it can, it can involve people who are no longer living. Whoa. Whoa. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Dream, dream, pro dream collaboration or a dream project. Man, I think my dream project would be to have been involved in the creation of Street Fighter 2. <laughs> You're going back in time. That's yeah, great. I want to go back yeah. in time and somehow finagle my way <laughs> into a position at Capcom where I could be part of making Street Fighter 2. Sweet. It's a great answer. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, okay. One last thing, I guess. Where yeah. can we find you on Instagram and things? Uh, I'm just Scott Stoddard on Facebook and Instagram. Stoddard Maybe has I'm two D's, S-T-O-D-D-A-R-D. Yeah, I'm Scott not, has two T's, you guys. I'm not really huge into like trying to have a public persona. Okay. But yeah, and I'm on like LinkedIn and stuff. But my Instagram is mostly just full of like funny stuff that my kids do. Yeah. And sometimes like videos of me climbing rocks. Well, they're good. They're good little stuff. little kids, little dudes and dudettes. Um, they're cute. <laughs> well, and I guess if we want to follow your work, we follow Epic Salt Lake City. What, uh, what was it again? You can you can see is my work by following Epic Games, but there's Epic over a thousand Games. of us, so it'll be very hard to tell exactly what I'm doing. Oh, don't but underestimate man, the web sleuth. You can just Scott all, all the cool stuff. You can just pin it on on all the other cool people that I work with. <laughs> thanks so much. This was fun. All right, thanks, Emily. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week. <laughs>